0: Welcome to A Page in My Journal by the Gate and Ward Podcast. Your hosts today are Susie Romans. Say hi, Sus. Hola. Hola. And myself, Shalice Nance. We are excited to have our first guest on our podcast today. Who do we have here today,
1: Susie? We have the amazing Carol and Dean Johnson. It's funny because when I originally called them, I had a whole set of questions to ask them (coughs) to let them choose to respond on the podcast. But in the course of the discussion with Carol, I found out that they had something really exciting going on in their life right now. It's related to family history, but it's something really exciting that everybody w- will want to hear about. Okay, well, I'm excited
0: to hear this great thing. But before we do that, Dean, will you take a minute to introduce us to your family? Okay,
2: well, it's, uh, Carol and I, we've been married for 34 years. We've uh, both were born in the church. My parents were converts. Carol's parents go way back. They were pioneers. They crossed the prairies and settled southern Utah and uh, got some polygamy mixed in there with all that. (laughs) But uh, we grew up in the church in South Jersey. The church was very small at the time. Our parents knew each other. We kind of vaguely knew who we were. My, My father, actually, when we were very small, was a counselor to... Uh, Carol's father who was uh, in a little branch in, in southern New Jersey and uh, we met and you know more formally and got acquainted as young single adults and after I, I guess that was after I got off my mission and, uh, and got married in the DC temple. We have five kids, uh, three boys, two girls. two of our girls are now married. Our middle son is gonna be married next week.
0: okay um,
2: we've got uh, three grandkids already. And one on the way. Oh, yeah, and our youngest son is going on a mission. <laughs> Where's so he serving his servant's mission? He's going to Veracruz, um, Mexico. Okay, fantastic. So, yeah, so that's it. So we're, we've lived here, in Virginia, I guess, for five years.
1: Fantastic. That's so exciting, and we're so happy to have you in your warden. And uh, even though we know you a little bit, we're excited to learn more about you. So, Carol, I was talking to Carol, and she told me that you are in the process of trying to find your biological parents, that your son took a DNA test. And it got the ball rolling. So, Carol, tell us about what happened and what you're doing. So, it's Dean, though, that's finding
0: his biological parents. Is that right? Right. right, Okay.
3: Right. So, why me? (laughs) (laughs) So, I'm going to back up a little bit and tell you why it is me telling this story. So, several years ago, his father decided it was time. He was going to um, pull one over me. And he says, I'm I'm on my deathbed. I need you to do my family history. This was...
2: 20, 20 years before. 22 years ago. Yeah, he before like, he
3: decided to. <laughs> so he was he was um, giving me a little bit of a rough time there. But he says, I have felt guilty for years for not doing it. He had all these great papers, all this great uh, family pictures, just volumes of all kinds of good stuff. And he says, I just want you to do it for me. So this is way back in 2001. And so I started. It was very, very difficult then. But I put all the information I had into it and um, got as far as I could. I was pregnant, so I was up all night working on it. I discovered I was a little bit of an addict to it, never would sleep. Then I had a baby and life changed and I stopped, stopped doing it then. So years and years later, when he really is closer to his deathbed, I had done some, uh, quite a bit of it, but there came a point where he was really getting nervous and he's just calling and I would go over to his house and we would have these great conversations with him and his wife and we got all kinds of good information um from them and i was able to really do our family history back quite a bit we were
0: so when you were doing this uh carol you did not know at this time Uh you knew that dean was adopted oh
3: yeah so we were able to find out all about his family now he reason he wasn't interested in finding his parents and i was because i'm more nosy i want to know all the good details and once i had gotten into Doing all this family history, you just you just want more. Yeah. You want to know more. I mean, every person that you know, you go out in these tangents, and you want to know them. And we're doing the family, um, the temple work for everybody under the sun, and giving it out to people. And you just want to know more. So I decided we needed to, to learn. So I went to his parents and I asked them, you know, what do you know about his adoption? Okay. And so they told me the story, and they gave me a little pack of five little letters from the adoption agency, and in the pack. They said that they um, discovered they couldn't have children and they wanted children. He was getting a little older. He was close to 30 at the time back then. You know, that was a big deal. And so he went to an adoption agency This we were in New Jersey, but he went to Pennsylvania and he applied and they said, well, we're really sorry, but this line is so long. It's not very likely, you know, this will be years before you're able to adopt anybody. So they left there kind of sad and they went over to New Jersey and they tried there and um they applied and they said well it doesn't look too bad go go ahead we'll see what we can do for you um and just a month later in november they gave him a call and they said well we've had this um we had this letter and it said we had a letter from this church of jesus christ of Latter-day saints they called them mormons everything was mormon back then yeah they said the mormons have contacted us and they're looking Okay, I will probably cry. But they're looking for a Mormon family to adopt babies. Um, And we have people, moms who need their babies adopted. And they want Mormon families. So you're going to come in right away. We're going to train you. We're going to see what happens. They jump them
2: to the front of the line. So they
3: jump. This is on November 7th. By November 23rd, they had their first training. Their first and only training. Because then um, Thanksgiving happened. And then they had huge blizzards, apparently. What do you mean? by training train well training to prepare for a baby oh okay. you know what i mean okay. so uh, to new interviews parents. all the
1: interviews yeah all I'm the sorry. interviews but they mm-hmm.
3: came in for all this thing but they only had one and then snowstorms happens Thanksgiving. so they ended up giving them a call in mid-december and they said we have a baby for you And they said, are you ready for it? And they gave them two days. They had two days to get everything together that they could possibly get. They had no idea. So they had to, you know, all the members of the church helped them. They were able to get everything together. It was a huge snowstorm. They said a blizzard. Two nuns came up, dropped off the baby, and left. And there they had this little baby boy. And it was such a blessing because here they thought it was going to be forever before they would get this little baby. The funny part is then New Jersey contacted them and said, oh, we might have a baby for you. Oh, my So four months later, they got a second baby boy. So they had two. Within four months, they were able to adopt these two babies. Oh, how fun. Um, But so we always have, you know, since then, we've always known that his mother was probably local to Pennsylvania and probably a Latter-day Saint. So that's kind of what yeah. we were looking for. And so I was always very curious, especially since reading this, who was it, how do we find out? And my sister is a, a real, she's a paid you know, family history person, so I put her on it, and she wasn't able to get anywhere. And so we kind of just gave up. And that was about five years ago or so. At least. And so, um, just recently, we were were out there celebrating my son's birthday, and he said, oh, I had the DNA test done, and... Well, somebody contacted me from Pennsylvania, and they said, we're first cousins. Who would you be to me? So, so what
0: did you say when he says, that's like a first cousin? Uh, did you, Dean and Carol, did, did you do jump you on that? you
3: Because, oh, my goodness, my daughter. And she's like, what? Contact she? By the end of the day, she had looked up this woman, her family, knew everything about them, sent it out to our family email list. So
0: when you knew the first cousin, when you right. heard that, were you like, We
3: will find the birth mother now. That was the there was to me a first cousin. Now since then I've learned they can be pretty close, and it doesn't mean as close as as you think. Yeah. But she, this girl, was actually closer. The first one was closer than my brothers and sisters were to Alec. Wow. So it really makes her a very close relative we they weren't really interested. So what happened is we went to the temple and when my son went What to do you the mean temple, by they
0: weren't interested? So
3: we contacted this girl that okay. was the relation, the first cousin. And she right, we believe it probably was an aunt or an uncle okay. who might be his parent and she said, oh, yeah, I'll get back to you, and never did.
1: But now, and, where's the sister come into play? And
3: Well, that's coming up. And so that was that was last September. So that was a year ago, quite a long time ago. Okay. And then just recently, another girl just contacted us. And the first thing I do is I look her up on Facebook or, or what whatever. What do you mean by
0: another girl? Meaning, do they? does it say your relation? Yeah, or? what
3: it does is it gives you a list of like paternal, maternal, and as you go through, it gives you a percentage of likelihood of, of, of what relation they would be okay. to you. Okay. So it, it will be first cousin, second cousin, or like third or fourth. I mean, you get many that go all the way down the line. And, and as a result, we have seen a lot of connection okay. through this family. The next one, the one that just recently, so about a month ago, um, she contacted us and said, hey, what do we have in common? You know, she contacted my son on okay. Ancestry.com okay. and said, "What what's our relationship? I don't get it. So I contacted her this time, and it's like, okay, I'm going to be a little more aggressive. Okay. And um, I just asked, I told her that he was adopted. I told her that we are looking for family and just to know. And she, it ends up, she is adopted oh. by her stepfather, but that her biological father, she didn't really know who he was. So okay. she went and found out for us, contacted us back. Who her biological father... Who her father. real father was. Okay. Because,
2: you know, there she was... She didn't talk to her mom about
3: that? No, what? she didn't talk to her mom. She actually went to her aunt. Okay. And so then she... Um, then um, I... Grab that little bit of information, yeah, and within two days, using ancestry, or ancestry and Family Search, I was able to find out everything. I mean, his name, all his family. I had five generations back. I had his career. I had both of his wives, his this is children, the fa- the father, the possible father. father. Okay, and in my mind, he's the one. Now we have no idea. But, in both cases, neither of them were um as they would call themselves mormon okay so if, and i my one of my first like kind of quiet questions was, was anybody a you know a member of the church and they just can't understand it, but I think one of the sisters of her biological father spent time away from the family and might have been introduced to the church at that point we don't know so this is where we are right now okay we're in contact with this other woman she's very friendly she's um so this
0: other woman would be what It to be half sister half sister right okay so you know possibly who your father is yes now is he still living no no so he's passed away Mm -hmm. okay and so, have you have you talked to your sister, Dean? Me, no. Okay, have you talked to your sister? Yes. Okay. Okay. Does she have interest in talking yes. to Dean? Yes. Okay. So, uh-huh. Dean, what do you think? Are you going to talk to her, or really at this time? Sure. Okay.
2: I have no objection, and yeah. Carol seems me to want me to.
0: So. so she's excited for you. She maybe wants to know her, you know, sister in law. Yeah. Like Heart.
1: in a in a, another sister-in-law right, by right. blood. Absolutely. Okay. It might surprise you once you talk to her, you get a little farther into this thing, it may, your feelings may change about it because there's yeah. something special about finding your blood. What we've found through doing family history, and I think
3: for us at least, the point is connection. The temple work is vital, it's important. I do believe it would be done by whomever the Lord will make sure that's done, but it's about us doing it. Us putting the work and energy into developing a relationship.
2: But once you start doing family history, you're connected to everybody. Yeah, yeah? exactly.
1: And yeah.
2: that's what our Heavenly Father wants us to know, that we are all connected. We are all brothers and sisters. And that's, I think, the true significance of, of us doing our family history and, and the temple work for them. It gives us an opportunity to vicariously uh, serve our, our brothers and sisters and, and feel that familial connection we are all one in God's eyes we are his children and that's the whole point of the gospel and the whole point of the plan of salvation we inherit our exaltation from our, our father and so that it helps reinforce that, that concept that we look to him for our salvation and for our inheritance and that's, that's I think what the gospel is all about and the temple works specifically to point us back to him
3: yeah. And one thing, as I do temple work, I'm sure you feel too, when you read that name. You know, it's so, it's just, I remember the first people I ever did baptisms for. I memorized every name I could. Back then I could memorize. Yeah. Um. But I memorized every name I could. And I went, and my journal, as soon as I got out, and yeah. read, it was 12 names, you know. Um, but I remember those names. I wrote them down and kept them. And I still do that as I work. And I look at those names. Now, now they're family members. Yeah. But, but when they're not family members, even still, you just feel like, wow we're connected for, you know, and I think that's cool. That is, that is very exciting. So
0: what are the next steps of you found your biological father for finding the mother, your mother?
3: So there is one living sister of that um, man, of, of maybe the possible father, and she is, um, actually in West Virginia, so not far, and she uh, is on Facebook, <laughs> and her name is so distinct, there's no way it's not her kind of thing, and she was actually best friends to his possible sister's mother. Okay. They were best friends, and that's how the brother became also a good friend of this woman. So, okay. so, and we found other possible um, family relations very, very close that Likewise, might have been adopted, <laughs> so these people got around a little okay. bit, but it 's still very exciting um the, there 's a, a possible um, would be a cousin to him in in um, washington d c born about the same time, so this other woman was born two years before Dean, his possible sister, and then Dean, and then this other guy in Washington, D.C. So, I mean, it's opening up all kinds of possibilities. So we're just in the middle of it. yeah. And we'll see where that goes. At first it was uh, his possible sister, her name is Kathy, back and forth every day. And then, you know, you give it a couple days because you don't want to seem too excited. Right. (laughs) um, And so forth and (laughs) so forth. So we're just kind of in the process. But it's just—it's fun, it's exciting, and it's—it's kind of a reward for for work. You know, my kids are very excited about it. It's to us, admittedly, it's a little bit of a mystery, so it's exciting to find out. But you you see that it's so much more. Well, you guys
1: have really caught the family history bug, which is what we hope everybody will do Mm -hmm. because. once you get into it, I it's really hard to stop doing it because it, yeah. it's just so interesting to find people and to connect with them yeah. and, to, and to do their temple work. And to keep people become very real to you. Right, very real. Well, we're going to have to have a follow-up. Now that you're in the middle of this, <laughs> we're going to have to have a follow-up podcast to find right. out what you finally find out in the end, which will be great. But is there any real spiritual connection you're feeling as you go through this? Is there anything that's been... Have you seen the hand of the Lord in your life in any way doing this?
2: I think it's important, as members of the church especially, and this is really, I think, the great challenge uh, that all of us face, is that we come to recognize the Lord's hand in everything. I mean, that's what the scriptures say. Yeah. Yeah. his hand really is in each of our lives, in everything that happens to us every day. And this is kind of a neat story that Carol's gone over, having to do with family history and the connection that we all should feel for each other. But all of us have things in our lives that we call good and bad. And I kind of look at things a little differently than maybe a lot of people do. The things that I tend to call bad are just things that happen that I didn't expect or didn't plan. Mm. And the things that happen that are more aligned with what I wanted or what I planned I call good. <laughs> uh, I think we all do that. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is like Paul taught, all things work together for good to those that love God. Yeah. And when we if we can develop our, our love for God to the point where we recognize his hand in everything that happens in our lives, whether we some might call it good or bad, and we see that it is all to help us learn to turn back to him, focus on him, put our faith and our trust in his son as our savior, um, then, we can, then we can be happy. And that's kind of one of the questions, I think one of the first questions you had on those, the original sheet of questions you sent us, uh, was something about uh, the happiest day or happiest period of your life. And for me, that's today. That's great. And yesterday, if you asked me that, it would have been yesterday. <laughs> and each day is, is a happy day because when we see the Lord's hand in our lives, even the things that, that might be called tragedies, um, we can embrace and recognize. Um, just as when we have small children, sometimes they're heartbroken and cry and sorrowful over things that we might make them do or tell them they can't do. But we as their parents know it's necessary and good for them. And likewise, our Heavenly Father it gives us the experiences here on earth as part of his plan that might break our hearts. Yeah. But he knows it's for our good. And that if we will turn to him and recognize his love for us through those experiences uh, and put our trust in him, then we can have joy no matter what happens. We can like uh, Peter and John when they were were taken uh, and told not to preach of Christ anymore, and they were beaten and sent on their way, and it says they they went away rejoicing. Um, it's kind of hard to run away or go walk away rejoicing when you've just been beaten and told not to <laughs> not to preach the gospel when that's your main purpose in life. But they rejoiced that they were worthy to have that experience and when we can get to the point where we can do the same thing, when we take our stripes and take our, our beatings and come away rejoicing, that's when we can know that we're really learning to love God and embrace all that he has prepared for us here on earth. The earth is a wonderful place. If you can't be happy here, you're just, you're just not looking at it right. You know, it's, you're thinking about it wrong. If If you don't wake up every morning and have joy in your heart that, uh, you've got another day. And you've got this beautiful earth, and everything in it has been given to us.
3: He wakes up happier than I do.
1: That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's more of a morning person. Well, wow, it's great to talk to both of you because you each bring a different thing yes. to your to your family, and that's that's what it's about yeah. in a in a marriage, particularly that you're each doing part. And you each, you know, help each other out through the different things. And I know there's going to be a lot more stuff in this, this story that we're going to find out, which, will be, which is great. It's, it's really, it's a wonderful thing for us all to know and to get to know you guys better. Well, we want to close you guys and ask each one of our guests that
0: we have come one final question. And I'm going to have each of you answer it individually. So, Carol, what is one thing you want your posterity to know about your testimony of Jesus Christ?
3: So, um, my children already know that the most important thing they can gain in this world is a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And it starts at the beginning, and it should take them through every single day of their lives. And, and they've heard, and there's never a day that we don't discuss the Savior in our home, um, pretty endlessly. And so, it's just have that personal relationship, expect it, and trust him 100%. Love it. Dean, what about you?
0: What's one thing you want your posterity to know about your testimony of Jesus Christ?
2: Well, God said that his work and his glory is to bring to pass our immortality and eternal life. And to that end, he created the universe and established uh, the plan of happiness. And he sent his son here to uh, make that possible. And that's the sole reason that we're here and that everything that happens to us in this life is to accomplish His work and His glory, and if we recognize that, we can we can take have joy in everything that happens to us each and every day, uh, as long as we keep our our hearts and our minds focused on His Son, our Savior, and uh, Jesus Christ should be the only thing that we look to in this life, and all the other things that happen around it. And the Savior Himself taught. That we should take no thought for these things; they'll take care of themselves if we, if we seek Him and His Father's Kingdom.
1: Well, thank you so much for coming and sharing a personal story like this with us. Uh, it motivates me even in personal history just to get to know more about my ancestors. And um, uh, you're such a blessing to have in our ward, and we're so grateful for the contribution you make. So, thanks for being here with us tonight. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks for being a part of the Gate and Word podcast,
0: a page in my journal. Join us next time as we speak with another member
1: of the Game Ward.
0: Take care.